0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the FT Advisor podcast, where each week we are joined by guests from the financial services world to discuss the most pressing industry issues. I'm Rachel Mortimer and this is a socially distanced episode and also my first ever podcast recording, so please do bear with us on the sound quality. At the time of recording, the UK has just entered its sixth week of lockdown, with measures still in place to fight the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Many will agree the impact of the outbreak and associated lockdown on the advice industry has been unprecedented. And later in this episode, we'll be touching on how advisors have communicated recent market turmoil to clients. But first, we'll be taking a closer look at how the events of recent weeks have affected advisors, both as businesses and individuals. So time to introduce my guest this week. I'm currently sat in my kitchen in South London, but I am joined virtually by Keith Richards, Chief Executive of the Personal Finance Society. Hello, Keith. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Hello, Rachel. It's a pleasure.
0: So we are now in the second month of lockdown. What response has the PFS seen from advisors coping with the coronavirus fallout? And was the industry prepared for a crisis of this scale?
1: I think it's fair to say that no one could honestly put their hand up and say they were prepared for for uh, an incident like this. Even those that, that had already advanced into things like agile working, uh, which we for example had already moved into so uh, but what is remarkable is just how quickly the sector did respond uh, and how well that they have adapted to this new way of working i mean who who would have thought that we could have the whole of our teams working remotely from home Mm. i mean who would have believed that our clients would have responded in the way that they are i mean some advisors are telling me they've now got 85 year olds who are completely Teams or Zoom savvy in some
0: respects.
1: (laughs) Families are connecting in the same way. So you've got grandchildren teaching their grandparents uh, how to become far more more tech savvy. But I think the, the key thing for me, Rachel, is that it just demonstrates the real value of professional advice at a time of crisis. People want their financial advisor to give them that reassurance. And the other thing is whilst advice firms can sometimes be guilty of thinking that, the value has always been in face-to-face physical contact. I think this has taught us that actually people are really value that that expertise and that confidence, whether it's done in person or remotely. So this is probably going to have a profound impact on the way that we might engage with our our clients in the future. Uh, And I think the other thing that's really key is, although the advice sector has sometimes been looked at because it's predominantly small firms. Uh, have been looked at in the past as as a sector that's been slow to respond to reform or change, what's often shocked people is just how resilient they are, how quick they can they can adapt, uh, they can switch something off on Friday, and my goodness, they're operating in a different way on on Monday. So I mm-hmm. uh, think all credit to the sector, you know, there, there's a lot of positivity uh, in a very challenging environment, but it really does demonstrate the true value of professional advice.
0: And you said there that the industry had responded remarkably well, that it's been resilient, but the pandemic and lockdown has served as a huge financial shock to a vast amount of businesses in the UK. Are there any challenges commercially uh, in particular, which advisors should be aware of?
1: Yeah, of course. Inevitably, uh, there will be, uh, and there already is being uh, impact across the sector, but it very much depends. I mean, it's such a diverse uh, profession. Uh, in the way that firms are structured, the size of those firms, uh, some who have quite a heavy cost base of employed people versus those that have a predominantly staff base of self-employed. So it very much depends on the on the firm itself. I mean already we have seen some firms use furlough. Um, but, but it's, it's it's been rare in my feedback from the market that' it's, uh, f- that anyone is furloughing financial advisors or planners it's it's mainly around support staff, uh, receptionists. Uh, clearly, anyone with mortgage businesses seem to have been uh, majorly impacted almost. Uh, it was cliff edge stuff where as soon as lockdown came, mortgages almost stopped instantly uh, for a whole raft of reasons. Uh, so that's another area where furlough, for example, government support has particularly been active. But Talking across the the rest of the sector, it, it's really mixed. I mean, from some firms telling me that with their pipeline, business has continued. Obviously, those with a very strong recurring income service based model uh, seem to be less impacted other than obviously the value of assets dropping. Um, but that in itself is, is starting to raise some very interesting dynamics of, of the difference between those firms that predominantly use passive. Investments versus uh, active, because clearly passive have 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 stood up much much better uh, to this. So maybe that that will create a a different kind of debate once we uh, again get out of uh, of lockdown. But I think with the for some firms, there's a lot of concern about uh, the impact on their capital adequacy and whether or not uh, being able to use up reserves will will itself start to eat into that, which of course could cause a regulatory breach. So one of the areas that firms need to be very focused on is, is their cash flow? Uh, what alternatives are around? Uh, so whether it's government support, whether it's short term loan, business loans, and they do need to link it with uh, what that really means uh, against the requirement to hold sufficient levels of capital adequacy within the firm.
0: And what's the uptake of the, um, the big government's coronavirus loan scheme been like amongst advice firms is that something that they've been looking to the pfs on perhaps guidance or support
1: on yeah we've uh we've just uh so we've been launching new uh, weekly newsletters uh, to uh, the membership uh in fact in in this week's latest that went out uh, just yesterday there's further guidance on uh, and how to uh, claim on the government grants, uh, who qualifies, what the limits are, etc. So there's a lot of really good guidance that's going out now for firms who uh, who really need that assistance. Uh, clearly, for those with big uh, big staff bases, employed uh, staff bases, they have been the obvious ones to start furloughing uh, immediately. Um, but as I say, for a lot of small firms, they generally are a lot more resilient. Generally. Uh, A lot of the advisors tend to be self-employed rather than employed, uh, and that brings a different dynamic. But uh, again, you know, many advisors I speak to have been busier during the last uh, few weeks than uh, than they have for a long time, simply because they are proactively contacting clients rather than just waiting for the scheduled uh, annual review or quarterly review that they would have otherwise done.
0: And it's, of course, not an easy job in times of crisis to keep clients calm on the topic of market volatility. But can you give us some examples of best practice which you have seen advisors using to reassure their clients?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Rachel, I think I mean this really does go to the heart of of what professional advice is about. I think over the past two decades, we've really seen that evolution where advisors have become coaches. So although many of them build strong, lasting relationships what consumers or clients really value is the confidence of knowing they've got an expert working on their behalf so in many ways it's simply being available to answer questions what advisors have been telling me is that where they've been proactive their clients really value that that reassurance at a critical time the the other thing of course is for many clients of the advice profession is that they're you know they have been coached pretty well over the years so you know the volatility in the market seems to be having less emotional impact uh, which is good news for the uh, the profession and again just validates how well the sector has come on into to helping to educate their own clients on life goals rather than simply looking at performance of funds so i think at the moment that, the, that there's no obvious Uh, big issues, burning issues that are coming out. I mean, clearly, the the ones that we're all worried about is what's happening around DB transfers. Uh, The fact that, in fact, I just picked off an advert today in one of the uh, the nationals where uh, a legal firm was picking up on SIPs and basically uh, referring to the fact that the FCA have suggested in a recent report that one third of SIPs are unsuitable. So, anyone who's Invested in a SIP should contact them immediately because there's compensation to be had. Now these sort of things are are just unhelpful, and we mm. do need the regulator to do more to come down on those kind of claim chasing firms uh, who who are really do spook people at the wrong time. So it's really unhelpful kind of advertising, um, which which we are pointing on to uh, to the FCA. But outside of that, I, I think um, certainly the bigger financial impact is how well positioned the firm was in making sure they had sufficient uh, capital adequacy in the firm how they were reinvesting in, in their own business to weather things like this so lessons will definitely come out the back here but i'm pretty confident from what i'm seeing the vast majority seem to be stacking up pretty well uh, but let's hope lockdown doesn't go on for too much longer
0: Indeed, indeed and we have a final question here from an advisor who was particularly concerned about the impact of the current environment on smaller financial planning firms, um, especially combined with the current uh, professional indemnity insurance situation. Now, the FCA came out um, recently and said that the PI market was open to advisors and that the current uh, lockdown situation wasn't an excuse for delayed renewal of cover. What would your guidance be, um, or can you offer any to smaller advice firms? In the industry that might be particularly worried about what could be considered this perfect storm of conditions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, um, so we are connecting already with uh, FCA and and Treasury about this this issue. Uh, I met with um, a number of PI brokers and insurers uh, last week uh, and have reassured both FCA and Treasury that uh, the market isn't open for for new. Business in the way that they seem to be uh, implying. So there are definitely challenges. Uh, different insurers are, are, are reacting in different ways. The key for any advisor at the moment is engage your your insurer, or your broker early. Work with them. Get their guidance on what they're looking for to give them the confidence that allows them to assess the risk and then uh, offer you renewal terms, acceptable renewal terms as quickly as possible. The other thing that some insurers are prepared to do is to extend cover and push renewal back to a later date. So depending on the circumstances of your firm. So the, the key for any advisor out there worried about it at the moment, get in touch with your insurance broker or get in touch directly with the insurance firm. Uh, they will give you guidance. Um, that They're not there to be awkward. Uh, the challenge clearly is the uncertainty of what may happen as a result of uh, the coronavirus, the changes in the markets, and clearly there is some worry amongst insurance uh, companies. And there's only about five uh, insurance companies that offer PI for uh, the profession. Uh, so, so that in itself offers a challenge because if one or two get spooked, it really does uh, reduce capacity and availability. I have been told by insurers if you're not getting offered renewal by your existing insurer, the chances of one of the others being keen to pick you up is less likely in the current environment. So, uh, so really the, the message is work hard with your existing insurer and your broker and engage as soon as possible.
0: Thank you very much for your time this week, Keith.
1: You're very welcome, Rachel.
0: Thank you for listening to the FT Advisor podcast and you can tune in next week for another episode.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers.
0: Learn how at bellincat.com.